Welcome everyone to the Purposely Thriving Podcast, where we are growing, evolving, and becoming into our highest self in every area of our lives so that we are able to live authentically and whole as we step into a new chapter. I am your host, Tanya Carter, and thank you for joining and tuning in with me this week. So this month, we've been touching on things that could be weighing us down from moving forward. Okay, and as we close out the month of July, I wanted to discuss this topic that I really think we need to have a conversation about. And that is your inability to save your marriage and why understanding that there was nothing you could have done to save it. Okay, and why am I discussing this? Because there are quite a few of you who are listening to this podcast right now that have been in a mental and emotional loop for a while. Okay, you've been in a mental and emotional loop for a while because you are wondering what you could have done differently. Okay, you're thinking that if you did everything you could, the byproduct of that would be your relationship lasting. Okay, you're also replaying certain events and even certain situations that occurred throughout the duration of your relationship. And you're thinking that, well, maybe if I did this, or maybe if I did that instead, then this wouldn't be the result right now. And what tends to take place when you're stuck in this state of thinking that you could have been the one that saved it, or more effort from you alone would have kept you all together, or thinking that you were the bedrock for the love and lasting of this relationship. Therefore, because it didn't work, then you didn't have what it takes to keep your marriage together. If this is your state of mind, then the weight of that level of responsibility is keeping you in guilt, shame, embarrassment, self-blame, as well as self-criticism. And for those who tend to be like this, in regards to feeling like they could have been the savior for their marriage, I find that these people may fall under these three things that I'm about to give you, okay? The first thing is that I find that these are people who have the tendency to think that doing all they can is enough, even if the other person has no desire to, okay? So you find yourself changing You find yourself adjusting. You find yourself compromising, sacrificing, bargaining. You even find that you are quiet and silent, even when you should speak because you don't want to come across as complaining. And so when you think doing all you can is enough, you give more of yourself. You find yourself doing more of that to show how much you love them. Okay. And the second thing that I find Um, those who believe that they could have been the savior for their marriage. I find that these are people who are loyal, even if it's at the expense of their own detriment. Okay. And this is where being loyal becomes more of a liability than an asset because loyalty becomes so unconditional where beliefs and values get compromised, where boundaries get constantly crossed where disrespect becomes the new normal. And when that happens, your character also has the ability to become flawed, all for the sake of being loyal. And I talked about this 
you know, on a deeper perspective on podcast episode number 128 titled, Are You Loyal to an Extreme? And I will put the link down in the show notes if you really want to understand what I mean by this. Okay. The third thing that I find that people do who feel like they could have been the savior for their marriage. I also find that they take everything that they commit to seriously. And this is a tricky one because in saying that you may be like, well, Tanya, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with taking everything that I commit to seriously? Well, honestly, nothing's wrong with that. When we take our commitment seriously, there's nothing wrong with, to be honest with you, I don't think you should commit to something if you're not going to be all in. As long as it doesn't compromise your beliefs, your values, your dignity, as well as your character. Because when that becomes the exchange, I recommend you reevaluate what you're committing to. Okay. But here's what I'm indicating in regards to this. When someone believes that they could have been the savior because of their level of commitment relationally, then they also think they have the ability to control the outcome due to their commitment. And that's the fine line that we must learn that we don't have that form of control. So in saying this, when it comes to a relationship, your effort alone will not hold it together no matter how committed you are or no matter how all in you are, because that's just not always the guarantee. And I want to be clear on something when it comes to examining your relationship, because that's what maybe quite a few of you are doing, um, especially if you're thinking that you could have been the person that could have kept your marriage together. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's natural to wonder if you could have done things differently. I really do. I think it's normal to look back and think, well, maybe I should have done this or, well, maybe I should have done that. Or maybe I could have went about it a different way, or maybe I should have spoken on things that were important to me early on. You know, I think it's safe to say that we all do this at some point or at some stage. Okay. And I'm going to keep it real with y'all when it comes to reflection, when it comes to examining your previous relationship, I do think it's necessary to do so. I really do. However, your approach and how you reflect matters. Okay, because for those who are thinking that they could have saved it alone, meaning that when you feel like you could have been the savior, you also have to recognize that you're also taking in or taking on a strong sense of responsibility. So when you think that you could have saved it alone, most likely you are in a never ending loop of self-criticism when you do this. And so when you are in this cycle of criticism about yourself, instead of learning from this and using this experience as a way to evolve as an individual, you're being overly accountable for the entire outcome. And what happens is when you're overly accountable, this is when you're absorbing an excessive amount of ownership, even when you're not responsible for it. Being overly accountable causes you to take on more blame. It causes you to take on more guilt. It causes you to take on more responsibility than what is reasonable. And here's the thing, and here's the the truth. I'm all about being accountable. 
I am. I'm all about accountability. Accountability for quite a few people is their kryptonite. And I believe that accountability is probably one of the most underrated traits in many people's lives. I do. From hearing conversations, from seeing comments on social media, it is so easy to point the finger. It's easy to blame others rather than facing yourself. And truthfully, as a coach, um, you couldn't even necessarily be in my program or even work with me one-on-one if you're not ready to take accountability for you. Okay, that's the key word. The key word is you and not other people. Because in this case, I'm not talking about you being accountable just for yourself. I'm talking about you being overly accountable for everyone and everything else. Because people who are overly accountable are not only taking accountability for themselves, but they also take accountability for everyone and everything else. And when you do this in a relationship, okay, when when you find yourself being overly accountable in a relationship, you're taking responsibility for their behaviors, believing that you could have changed how they act. You are thinking that you had that type of power to change somebody else and how they function. You find yourself taking responsibility for how they feel about you. And when you attempt to take responsibility for how they feel about you, you may find yourself attempting to become this perfect person, this perfect spouse, this perfect wife, this perfect husband, this perfect partner. When you attempt to take responsibility for how they feel about you, you could find yourself giving more and more and more and more and more of yourself where it's now considered unhealthy, unsafe, stressful, one-sided, and you're completely tapped out because these type of dynamics, there's no mutualism in serving. When you attempt to take responsibility for how they feel about you, you find yourself changing everything about yourself only to show up inauthentic because you feel responsible for how they feel about you. And none of this is sustainable. And to think that you could have been the sole savior is absolutely too much pressure. It's unrealistic and psychologically draining. Because here's the thing, when it comes to a relationship where the desire and goal is to develop a strong connection, when the desire is to cultivate a healthy communication dynamic, when the goal is to deepen the intimacy and build on compatibility, both people must strive to be interrelated. Okay. And when you are interrelated, this is where the connection is reciprocal. This is where it needs to be some level of mutualism. It has to be, both people have to be willing to have a shared responsibility in the relationship. Because this type of relationship or any form of a relationship is a dance between two people. Where each person is bringing their unique qualities, their strengths, and vulnerabilities to the table. It's where both people make a conscious choice to be active participants where they contribute to the growth and well-being of the relationship. It's understanding that how we show up individually directly affects how we are relationally. 
So there is a dependability because of how each person is individually. So to think that this strong connection, this healthy communication dynamic, this amazing chemistry and close compatibility can be single handedly be created by one person. It's not possible because that's not the natural nature of a relationship. It requires the merging of each individual efforts. It does. And so the question is, how do you disconnect from this belief? How do you disconnect from the belief of thinking that you could have saved or you were the savior or you should have been the savior for this marriage? And why is this necessary to disconnect from? Because this is deeper than just a previous relationship that you were in. Because truthfully, you don't all of a sudden not have this belief because you're no longer in the relationship. Because chances are, you may have this same belief in the next one. And what happens is that this leads to a similar outcome. And what I mean is that you may still carry the belief that the success or unsuccess of the relationship is all on you. So what do you do when you think, so what do you do when you have that mentality? You become overly accountable again. You think doing all you can is enough again. You become loyal at your detriment again. And you think you can control the outcome of the other person because of your level of commitment again. And so instead of this becoming a learning experience, it becomes repetitive Well, the story of your relationships are the same. And so you end up following the same script that isn't working for you. That's why you have to disconnect from this belief. So at this point, it's important to challenge your beliefs around this narrative of thinking you could have saved it. And so I want to pose to you five questions that I challenge you to ask yourself. Okay. The first question is, do you lead in your relationships believing that your love alone should be sufficient to sustain a relationship? Okay. You may know it takes two people. We may know that from a logical perspective, but the question is, I want you to examine how you lead, how you show up. Okay. The second question is, What has led you to adopt the belief that the success or failure of a relationship lies entirely on your shoulders? All right. That's the second question. The third question is, do you find yourself feeling compelled to maintain a relationship by suppressing your authenticity, remaining silent? disregarding your feelings, lacking boundaries, and minimizing your needs, all in an attempt to be the savior. I really want you to think about that one, all right? The fourth question is, have you been told or raised with the notion that it's your responsibility to fix everything? And I need you to pay attention to this because this is where you have to observe some things. You got to look at maybe what you've been taught, right, Um, in your home, what's been said, what type of conversation that's been had to even what you saw. What did you see your mom do? What did you see your dad do? 
What was the culture relationally? Did you see people always being the rescuer, the enabler, the fixer, and you inherited that same type of mentality to believe that you got to do the exact same thing? Okay. The last and final question that I want to challenge you to ask yourself is, do you sense a deeper belief within you that you deserve a different relational dynamic that fosters mutual interdependence as well as support? Okay. So earlier I mentioned about being interrelated. Okay. Where both people make a conscious choice to be active participants, where they both contribute to the growth and well-being of this relationship, right? And so there's a level of mutualism and reciprocity that both people need to bring. And the reason why this is important to ask is because some of us don't believe that we deserve it. Some of us don't believe that we deserve a dynamic that fosters mutual interdependence, fosters support, where both people want to contribute. Some of us really don't believe that. And I talked about this even in my workshop, and I believe I mentioned this on one of my podcast episodes where I asked that question of what you wanted came today. Would you be in a space to embrace and receive it? And a lot of people said no. And that's an honest answer. And if I can also be honest and transparent. That was me too. It was me. After my marriage, I saw similar patterns, which is why I want you all to challenge these beliefs that you're having because it's deeper than the previous relationship you were in. If you leave always believing that you have to be the savior, you don't necessarily stop doing it in the next one. It's a conscious thing that you must do. And so I saw similar patterns. I really did. And when you see similar patterns in things, you got to take a moment and examine what these patterns are teaching you. And what I saw is that I thought that I really could save it. I thought I had the power to make someone show up. I thought that I could save it. I thought I could be the fixer. I thought that I can be the one that save it with my effort alone. If I keep showing up, if I keep doing, then this person will eventually see it and they will show up. And I tell you, if that's not the most exhausting thing to do, you find yourself becoming disappointed, discouraged. You start to even ask yourself, well, what is wrong with me? And you end up creating a narrative that all people are the same because of your repetitive experiences. And so I just want you all to understand that doing all you can alone is never enough to keep a marriage together. It won't be enough for a relationship. You cannot be the savior. And it's important to take that level of responsibility off your shoulders. Okay. Because I'm I'm also add this too. I know that there are seasons in a relationship in moments in a relationship where there may be some imbalance in terms of where people are, right? Where life happens, you know, where somebody may not be as present and it's not because they don't love you. It's not because they're intentionally hurting you. It just may be, they, they may be going through some things internally and the benefit of a relationship that's solid like that is that you don't mind 
covering that person more. You don't mind maybe carrying more of the weight momentarily because of what's going on. And so that's a little bit different versus where this is the norm of one person showing up and giving the effort, one person attempting to do what it takes. One person is an active participant to the growth and well-being. If that is the norm of that relationship and you may be thinking, well, maybe there's more I can do to convince them to be here. This is where you have to understand that your effort alone won't make them show up. That's not in your power to do. And it's really important to allow yourself to not put that kind of weight or responsibility on yourself. Okay. And so I truly hope that this episode was beneficial for those who might be in a place of thinking I should have been the one to save my marriage or believing that their effort alone should have been enough to save it because long-term that's not necessarily realistic. And my prayer for you is that you make peace in knowing that you did all what you can do and that's all you could have done. All right. So please make sure that you are following me on my social media handles. My Instagram is I am Tanya Carter. My Facebook and YouTube is Tanya Carter. And I will put the link in the show notes as well. And also please make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so that you can receive notifications on when the next podcast will drop and also leave a review. If you know that this podcast has been very influential in your season of transitioning from your relationship or even your marriage, I really would love for you to head over to Spotify and or iTunes and leave me a review. And last but definitely not least, share this information. If you know someone who may be in that place of believing that they could have saved their marriage and they're having difficulty disconnecting themselves from from that narrative, then Pass this on to them and let this be a benefit to them. All right. So thank you all again for tuning in with me this week. You all have a wonderful and amazing week and I will see you next time. 